On this edition of All's Fair, you're going to meet one of country music's biggest stars. That's Hunter Hayes, but he's not all that's on the menu today. We're going to talk about music and entertainment of all kinds, from the music all over the grounds to food to all kinds of things, on this edition of All's Fair. When you think of the New York State Fair, what comes to mind? The rides? The food? The animals? This podcast takes you behind the scenes of all of those to the amazing stories hiding underneath. Welcome to All's Fair. Hello and welcome back to All's Fair, the only podcast in the whole wide world that's about a state fair, and it's the great New York State Fair. I'm Dave Bullard. I'm the public relations manager for the fair and a lifelong fair fan. I am one of your two guides on this spiritual journey through the 375 acres of the great New York State Fairgrounds. My co-host is a gentleman named Mike McGinnis. Hello, Mike. Hello there, Dave. How are you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm excited about things. This is my second time coming around. I've mentioned this before. But uh, it's time to get out there and do some things. It sure is. And Mike is uh, like the house newbie. So there's a lot of the fair that he hasn't experienced. And his job is to sort of experience the fair so that you can experience the fair through his eyes. So what we're talking about today, uh, you know, the, the, the topic, Mike, is like culture and entertainment. Now, you don't tend to think of a fair as a place to come for culture and entertainment. Oh, yes, culture and entertainment, you say. I you, see you, you, yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes, old chap. You don't come <laughs> for the culture. We're not talking tea and crumpets here. However, on the other hand, we do present a lot of culture of New York State. Later in the show, you're going to hear about a brand new piece of culture here at the fair that will be fun to experience. It'll be fun to dance to. It'll be fun to taste. It'll be fun to experience our new Latino Village weekend. But we also have, you know, continuing pieces of culture here that are worth noting. Uh, for example, the Pan-African Village. Uh, the Pan-African Village sits between the Center of Progress Building and the Arden Home Center in the historic quad of the fair. That's been there for many years. The NAACP in Syracuse puts that together, and it is a reflection of African culture in the area. You've got a stage in there with, with music and performances of all kinds. You've got cultural food, uh, some great jerk chicken, some other great foods there. You can get fried plantain and lots of other cool things that relate to Africa and cultural crafts. And so that's one piece of our culture. Well, Dave, I know that last year when I came to the fair, that was one of the places that we went to was the Pan-African Village. And as I walked through, not only was there a lot of really fantastic artwork being done over there and different things that you can buy from the vendors, but uh, there was like a dance circle that broke out with a drum that you could also <laughs> bang on if you wanted to. They right? let you do that. Uh, it was a great experience for me. Yeah. I can't wait to go back there. Yeah, and I think it's one of those areas that people necessarily don't wander into, but they should because there's great food that you can't get anywhere else in the grounds. There's interesting entertainment. Some of the most interesting shows on any stage take place, for my money, in that in that uh, Pan-African Village stage. Up on the stage, in fact, I remember this distinctly, there was one of the performers was pointing out everybody as they're walking by and kind of pulling <laughs> them in with this eye, like gazing, right? And he's right. taking a look at them and saying, hey, come over here. And he eventually drew a crowd, and we just started going from there. <laughs> Excellent. And then we have, on the far end of the fairgrounds, on the western end, we have something that, that hews all the way back to the earliest days of New York, 
long before settlers uh, came to the country. And it's the Indian village operated by the Six Nations Agricultural Society. Now, the Six Nations are the Six Nations of the Iroquois Confederacy, uh, which we've studied before in the Iroquois uh, system of, of organization of their government is uh, said to be the basis of our own constitution. So it's a very important cultural area. They have a turtle mound, and the turtle is sacred, right? Yeah, you that's what that. I was going to say. Last year, I remember the design of the stage yep, was stage. very specific for that. Right. The turtle is very sacred. It's a, it's a sacred part of, of Iroquois culture. It's part of their, their creation story um, that the, the world essentially is on a turtle's back. And that's, you know, so those dances that take place on there are, are cultural dances in a place of great um, religious significance for them. But even then, you can get food. They have a great cookhouse. For my money, the best breakfast on the fairgrounds is, is in the Indian you village. Really? Yeah. But you can also get uh, traditional foods like uh, fry bread and strawberry drink. Um, and... Hidden tip that very few people know. Oh, do tell. On on Native American Day or Six Nations Day, which is the last Friday of the fair, they uh, put on a turkey dinner with all the trimmings in the afternoon. The time can vary, but it's sometime in the afternoon. Not a lot of it. You got to get there to get it. Is this open to anybody? It's done in the cookhouse. You just pay for your meal. You show up, you pay for your meal, and you get that huge. Yeah, if you can get there in time. And it is, and it is fantastic. Now, this is one of those things I did not know. And and in 13 days of the fair, it's the only real food I get to eat. <laughs> <laughs> Got to stay alive one way or the other. Exactly. One of the big cultural touchstones is Chevy Court. Uh, we talk about it all the time. The newly rebranded uh, Chevrolet Music Fair at Chevy Court is the home of 26 national touring acts every year. No fair puts on a spectacle like we do in terms of music. It's our niche. It's the thing that we do. We spend a lot of money to get national touring acts here, acts like Blondie and Big and Rich and Niall Horan and so many others. And you can check our schedule on our website to see what's playing. And they play. we have two shows, 2 and 8 o'clock every day except Labor Day when we do it at 1 and 6. And those are almost always national touring shows. Those, yeah. Now, when I tell my friends about the fair, they say, well, what do you do there? And I tell them about the food, and I tell them about the rides, and I tell them about the different entertainment options you have. But this is before I even get to the national touring acts. Right. Once I bring those up, now their minds are blown. Wait, we can just go see these things? I say, come to the fair, stay for the evening, you see yourself right. the show. Where are you going to see Blondie for six bucks advance sale? You're not. Because the show is free with your fair admission. You're not going to see any of these acts. You know, either they're playing in amphitheaters or they're playing in casinos. But either way, there's a ticket, and the ticket, I guarantee you, is not six bucks. <laughs> no chance at all. The last time a ticket was six dollars was, I, oh, I'm tr- struggling to remember the year. But they it were was doing math again here. It was the 1980s when we first started a grandstand here, and the first paid show was Charlie Pride. Uh, and the tickets were six and three. Really? <laughs> way back. <laughs> way back. Well, we, Dave, I got a quick question yeah. for you on that. Who was a big act last year? And who do you see as maybe being a, a, a maybe an underground big act that you could be coming this year? Uh, the big show last year was it was, on a, it was on a weekend day. And it was Earth, Wind, and Fire. They drew just under 30,000 people, oh, which is a, it's a stunning number of people. We can get that many people out there, huh? We, our largest audience ever was a Steve Miller Band on the Labor Day uh, a couple years ago, 36,000. 36,000. I mean, they were, you know, they were stacked three high. I mean, it's crazy. 
There's like, I can't crazy. believe we can fit that many people. It's in a there. lot That's of awesome. people. Cause I'm, a, you know, you, you only have a limited number of seats, but a lot of people stand and yeah. then they stand in the streets and our, our friends at channel nine that have, uh, they have big video screens at their booth. They hook the video screens into our feed so they they can show it there. So people, some people are not even facing the stage. They're just watching the video screen f- facing channel nine's booth. And that day, we did something we hadn't done before, which was to put a big act on at 2 o'clock and a big act on at 8. Uh, the 2 o'clock show was Leonard Skinner. And Leonard Skinner yeah. drew just short of the same amount of people as, as Earth, Wind & Fire. So you've got crowds of almost oh 30,000 crossing over, which was crazy. This place was just swarmed with human beings. And this year, look out for Hanson's going to be here, is what Hansen. I heard. Hanson. I love Hanson. Hanson's going to be, be here. a fun show. Uh, um, We've got Niall Horan, we've got yep. Blondie, we've got uh, Big and Rich and Country. Speaking of country, uh, we have um, Hunter Hayes. And Hunter Hayes is obviously an established star in country. I was able to talk to him just recently, so let's listen to that. So first of all, I just want to say it's a pleasure to be able to have you at the fair this year. I think you're going to find an audience of, oh, we often get 30,000 for these shows, and I think you're going to be one that... Uh, generates a lot of interest you've never been here before have you have you spent much time in upstate new york on tour at all i have actually <clears throat> um i have some friends from upstate new york and i've gotten to explore um a good bit of it actually and and you know see the beauty of of the nature up there and and obviously meet the people we played we played a few shows up, up around there and um yeah man it's a treat because we don't get up there often enough i don't think you know well, we're, we're thrilled to have you, and, and to, you're, you're putting together now new music. So for the folks who are going to be listening to this, you've put out three little mini-movies uh, mini already. Um, what's, your, what's your thinking? I mean, how is this? This, this seems to me like uh, some, some, something of a change in the music industry about how you approach putting out music these days. Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, I love to make albums. I love albums, and I love crafting something. And, but you have you know, what you need to know is that we just to get an album and that's 12 songs 15 songs maybe we you know we write over a hundred pieces of music and, and right now I'm close to 200 and over the course of creating that and, and crafting that you're not just trying to finish an album the goal at the end of the day is to have something that you're really proud of that says something and I, I want people to hear music that means something to me um, and it doesn't have to be super heavy or, or super thought out like it just has to be totally totally freaking honest and in the process of making that record, you know, in the past, you would have just had to wait as an artist or as a listener for that music to come together. Now we live in this really cool era where we can put out music whenever we want. We put out four songs last year. Uh, we started with a song called Rescue, and then we did three more, uh, sort of in the fall and the winter. Uh, you Should Be Loved, More, This Girl, all kind of... Uh, more like a prelude to the album, if you will. But we did a we did a really cool series of music videos, just to tie them all together and to tie them all into what could come next. You know, um, just because I wanted to put out music and, and I, I I love these songs and you know they might not make it to the album uh, you know as we keep writing for the album, but um, but they belong somewhere. You know, and and now we have the chance to actually let them sort of see the light of day. You you just said you you've written. How many? 200? 100? 200 songs? Yeah, close to 200. I think I could probably get it over 200 if I dig deep enough. But Good, yeah, goodness gracious. I mean, how do you... Not, not just forget the, forget the mere process of sitting down to write a song from start to finish, but, uh, you know, you've got all this music now that you maybe will never, ever record or ever see the light of day. That's, 
I don't know. That strikes me as a, almost a loss. Yeah, well, depends on how you see life, right? Glass half full or glass half empty. And it takes us, you know, sometimes it takes, I actually heard, it was really encouraging because I heard Sam Smith say this in an interview recently. I was like, thank God I'm not the only one. But it does take, you know, easily 10 songs to get to the one you're trying to, trying to write. Hmm. Um, and lately the ratio has been very different. The ratio has been very much like every song we've written lately has come from a real place of, of real experience. And the ones that don't always are the ones that just shouldn't be heard. <laughs> you don't mean <laughs> it, you shouldn't write it. You, know? you mean everything you write isn't gold? <laughs> well, I appreciate, I appreciate appreciate that very much, yeah. but um, yeah, definitely not. <laughs> I was watching those music videos, uh, the new songs, and I was struck by how much they don't sound like traditional country, that, that the music that you're making is tending to evolve in more of a, um, a broader style that, that would encompass not just mu- uh, country but pop and you know other things. I mean, do you feel like you're moving sort of in that direction? Man, honestly, I'm not moving in any direction. Um, it's a matter of taking everything that I listen to and bringing it into my world. Um, you know, because I'm really honestly not trying to be anybody but myself. And, you know, I listen to a lot of stuff, and I think that's my job as an artist. You know, um, it's to bring, to bring those influences in. I love, love, love everything from, you know, from the, the Caitlin Smith record to the Maroon, the Maroon 5 record from last year to the John Bellion record of the year before to the... You know, to the to, uh, to all to the Punch Brothers records. <laughs> I'm still obsessed with two years ago. It's all those things have to find their way into your music. And if you try, if you try to do it, you try to move in a direction, or you try to sort of force things, um, it's it's obvious. And, and I think people people feel that. And I know the records that I've listened to that seemed like they were very intentional and in the wrong way. Intentional in the way of like uh, we really wanted to sound like this, this, and this. I think the more you think about it, the less you feel it. And I think listening to records, I've always known that. And so there's always kind of been a rule in, in my book. It's like, man, we're just going to make the stuff that makes us feel good because I know it'll make somebody else feel good. Nice. Uh, and just looking at your at your life's history, I mean, you are you are all of 27, uh, correct? I mean, you're a you're a young fella just yet. But yeah. but you've been performing since you've like as as big as a guitar, maybe smaller than a guitar. Uh, and I noticed that, you know, I, just looking at the, the pieces of your biography, I mean, you, you reportedly got your first guitar from Robert Duvall. You've been on, you know, singing on TV since you were just a, a little fellow. Uh, you've been picked up when you, were, when you were going up the ladder by big tours like uh, Taylor Swift's and such. How much of, of what is happening to you feels to you like this is the inevitable result of the time that I've put in, my, my effort, my talent, uh, and the hard work, and how much of it do you think is just, I was in the right place at the right time. How much luck is involved in, in, in making your career go? I can understand both sides, but I kind of sit somewhere in the middle, which is I feel like the Lord directed me to music, and he always has. There's never been a moment where music hasn't been, and music is not my job. That's the first thing that I want everybody to like know about me. Is that it's not something that I do for a living. I'm lucky that I make a living at it. Um, because if I if I didn't I'd be I'd be screwed. <laughs> but, um, but I love it. I, I I live for it. And with everything that I've been through, um, as far as all the times that I've gotten knocked down and maybe made to believe that I shouldn't be doing it, um, I never once questioned whether I actually should be doing it. And even if I did, for a split second, I knew better. You know. Um, 
I know that I'm supposed to make music. Now, look, it, it's 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 it, it comes with with challenges and it comes with a lot of things and um, and and thus, you know, you find your way through this journey. You you, you fight. You, you climb the mountain. You climb. But not even the mountain. I hate that word. Um, but you 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 go through the process. You let the process. Um, you know, kind of teach you all the lessons that it possibly can. You listen as close as you can, and you feel as much as you can. Um, because with every with every shining moment, there is a there is there is probably a dark moment back you know sort of back in the in the catalog. But it got you to the shining moment. It got you to the moment in the spotlight. And um, and it's all it's all cycles. It's all it's all good for you in some kind of way. It all builds your character. It's all good for you, and it's good for the music. And for the people who listen to this. They would look at your career and say, you know, you're 27, you're on top of the world, you, you, your career was just sort of a, an unstoppable thing. But you just mentioned, you know, that things got in your way, that you had times when you got knocked down. Can, can you give an example of, of those kinds of things? And, and for people out there who are, you know, struggling to make their own lives better, you know, how did you get over it? How did you, how did you keep going so that they can figure out how to keep going? 100% would love to share that. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I felt like I was all alone in a boat in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> um, and those were, and funny enough, those were times when people would probably look at me and said, "Man, you got made." I've been through that all too many times. Because I mean, I wake up every morning still asking, you know, "Am I good enough?" I walk on stage every night, you know, fighting demons that tell me I'm not. Um, I choose to see the world with a, with a glass half full. Um, in fact, I, I actually. Don't just see it with a glass half full mentality. My mentality is, yeah, it's half full and there's still room for more. So, <laughs> so you know, we, we, there's still time. <laughs> and um, and I, 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 but yeah, man, I mean, the, God, the times that I've, you know, written a hundred songs and turned them into to, to the team and not gotten any reaction whatsoever, it's just like, nah, <laughs> it's okay. You know? And, yeah, that hurts. You know, you that hurts. Stage, yeah. You finish a show that you feel really good about, you pour your heart and soul. You've become vulnerable in front of strangers, and then you walk back onto a bus that's pin drop silent, um, and that's 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 a that's a that's a moment where you have to you have to kind of turn off the, the noise of the world and just go. I I had fun. <laughs> I loved today. <laughs> I think anybody would be shocked to think that you had doubts about your own talent. <laughs> oh yeah, no, we all do, man. It's not exclusive. Um, in fact, putting a spotlight on it only makes it worse. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, I'm sorry I, about I that. Totally, <laughs> I went from not understanding some people's stories uh, in the music industry to just honestly looking at them and going, "Yeah, I totally get why why that happened." Wow. <laughs> Well, Hunter Hayes, thank you. We appreciate the time, and we're looking forward to your show on uh, the 26th of August here at the Chevy Court stage at 8 o'clock, and, and we really appreciate the time you were able to give us today. Thank you. Thanks for letting me talk with you, man. I really appreciate it. Well, me too. Thanks. That was my conversation with Hunter Hayes. You can see him on the Chevy Court stage to get our full lineup. Uh, always check our website at nysfair.org or check us on our Facebook page at NYSFair. And by the way, sign up for our newsletter. You'll get all of our news right in your inbox. You can do that from our website, nysfair.ny.gov. You hear that music, 
That is the music of a band called Grupo Caris. Now, that's one of the many bands that you're going to hear uh, at a brand new event for us this year called Latino Village Weekend. It's going to be a three-day festival of music and food and culture. And, uh, and, and Mike, we've got the perfect person just sitting with us right now to talk about this. The person putting it together for us, Elisa Morales. Elisa, welcome. Gracias. Thank you. <laughs> Gracias to you as well. And you had La Liga, which is the, uh, the Syracuse organization that, that represents the interest of, of Latino people. Am I right? I mean, so far. Yep, I'm the executive director yep. there for the Spanish Action League, also known as La Liga, yep. or primarily known as La Liga. We've been a cornerstone here for about 49 years. Yep, you have. And this year, you and, and we are involved in putting together this Latino Village Weekend. What is it you, you, you want to accomplish with this? Why is it important? You know, I love my Latin roots. So although I was um, made on the island of Puerto Rico, I was born in the United States, and I love both of my cultures. And I love the traditions, the language, the food, you name it. I just feel like we have so much beauty to share um, in our Latino culture with everyone. And, and our arms are open to all people of all colors, all languages. And we want people to come out and get an introduction of what our background is, you know, and to be able to be part of that, too. And, and why is it important for people to be part of that background? Why is it important for old white guys like me to come spend some time in Latino Village? Well, you know, Dave, because Latinos add the spice to America's melting pot. So it would be great for us to be able to, you know, connect and exchange energy and, you know, just learn about each other and enjoy diversity. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about the program and what you want to, what are you, what are we going to be seeing? I mean, you don't have to get into great detail if you don't want to, but uh, just in general, what are people going to see if they come? Well, for one, we have this really beautiful stage, and we're going to have programs or performers uh, four times a day, 2 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 6 o'clock, and 8 p.m., and every single one of those hours are going to be full of performers. It's going to be jam-packed with dancers, DJs playing the, the latest in Latino tunes. We're going to have live music, which is the most exciting to have salsa, bands and orchestras, merengue, bachata, um, anything reggaeton that you can think of. We're going to uh, have all different Latino countries have different parts uh, to play in this bigger picture we call the fair. So this isn't like a show up and, you know, grab a spot in the lawn and just kind of chill out. This is There's some action going on. You well, guys are going full you time. You know, you could grab a spot in the lawn and just... You know, oh, you hang, can, okay, you, you can, can do, that. do that. You can hang out with your family. Um, there's going to be kiosks with food. There's going to be vendors and exhibitors that have the best in services uh, here. But if you are looking for the Fiesta, Latino Village is where you really need to be. Uh, the Fiesta. That's, That's right. Us. There we go. That's and, right. and if you can resist that music, if you can lay on the ground and resist that music, we really should be calling the EMT. Am I <laughs> you right? should. You should. <laughs> you get it, Dave. You get it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> or if you can resist the food, the foods are oh, so delicious. Yeah. What type of food are we going to have there? So you. You know what we have uh, we're gonna have a little Mexican food a little Puerto Rican or Caribbean food we're mm -hmm. gonna have a little bit of a Southern American food so you know it's it's gonna be a little bit of a mix with everything what now it, uh, you know most folks are familiar with the kind of Mexican they get in restaurants up here most folks are uh, you know they know a little bit about jerk chicken and some of that but what kinds of foods would be something that I would not know in walking up to one of these stands what am I gonna learn food wise 
you know, I think each one of the stands has their own little unique niche that you're going to learn about. Um, in particular, we have uh, a Mexican vendor, Panchitos, who will be there, and they have a signature fried uh, corn on the cob with Cajun sauce on it, mm. and it's just to die for. So, Sounds you know, wonderful. you might come for the burritos or the tacos, <laughs> but then there's this corn that's so amazing, and that might not be something you would really expect, but it's something new to the fair, and it's going to be really delicious. It's going to be eye-opening, isn't it, for a lot it of folks? Is. For I a think, lot of folks. I think it will be. Now, there's not only is there a variety in the, the types of food that's going to be there, but the, the acts or the performances and the music that's coming, there's a bunch of different stuff happening with that. Who can we expect to see uh, this year? So, you know, our, our big headliner for our music is a merengue group out of Puerto Rico called Cariz. They've been around for a very long time. They're extremely popular, and people love their merengue music. So you're going to have people who love Latin dance in general, but those merengueros are all going to come out with their dancing shoes on, and they're going to be ready to um, really, you know, paint the town red right there in Latino Village. And that's the band you heard coming into this segment. Hey, let's take a quick pause here and listen to just a little bit more. So that's Grupo Caris, and, and there are lots of other musical acts, and, and they come from all over, right? This, we're not talking about bands out of Central New York necessarily. We're talking all over the United States and some out of Puerto Rico as well, right? Absolutely. But, you know, we, we really wanted to take a look in Latino Village where the talent was right here just regionally. So, you know, we do have like uh, Grupo Pagan, which is local, and a they're local always band, yeah. a fair fa uh, favorite. Yeah. And they come with their own fan base, and they entertain every single time. So they're going to be performing for us. Um, Grupo Antonetti, which is a salsa orchestra. Man, if you salsa, that is the day to come and just really get down. Um, and Who's going to teach me to salsa? Who's I, will, I will teach you <laughs> to right. salsa. I will teach everyone to salsa. We'll also and, have the EMTs on hand for that as well. Yeah, and you know what? We're actually going to do a few lessons beforehand on stage. So cool. There's going to be salsa lessons? There'll be salsa lessons. Oh. Whatever music is up and coming, we're going to take a few moments and have a professional instructor come out and just show you some basics just so that you can get the gist of it. Nice. We also have Zumba going on too, which is a lot of fun and it mixes all the different kinds of music. So we have a lot of things planned for fairgoers that hopefully is going to make us stand out and is going to make people want to come back over and over again. So I didn't realize that we, not only can we show up and get some, some tasty food, but we can also enjoy some musical acts. But also, we can dabble in learning a little bit of the dance moves ourselves. Absolutely. Oh, this is exciting news. And if you miss it, just find me. I'll be flying just find around you. somewhere. <laughs> right. And I'll, I'll give you a quick lesson. And then reality stars as well. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. I'm a big reality TV fan. And when I thought about this initially and bringing Latinos, I not only want to talk to them about their perspectives from a reality show um, point of view, but I want to learn about where are they from? You know, what are their Latino roots and, you know, different cultural questions that maybe they're not as used to. So we're going to have Victor Arroyo from Big Brother. And he's a he was the fan favorite. I voted for him. Um, and he's just he's also been on the channel. Challenge Vendettas, which just recently ended on MTV. 
And then we also have Ozzy from, which Ozzy just speaks for himself. Ozzy is going to be here from Survivor, and he's been on four different seasons, and he is a real big fan favorite. Every season, I mean, he just knocked it out of the park. And then we have beautiful Rebecca Martinez, who recently was like America's sweetheart on The Bachelor um, on the last season and is currently working on Bachelor in Paradise. And she is going to, she's just a breath of fresh air. So these are three really dynamic people that come from different backgrounds and even different uh, Latino backgrounds that we're going to learn a lot more about during the um, interview. And then there's a meet and greet after. That's awesome. And Fantastic. Um, once again, can you remind me, because we've been going deep into this, and I'm like, wait a second, got to tell me again, how do I see these things? How do I show up? Where am I going? So, you know, Latino Village at the New York State Fair has a Facebook page by that name, so you could always go on to Facebook and uh, just look for the different contests that we're running and the announcements and different updates, and we'll have schedules up during uh, Latino Village weekend, which is August 24th, uh, 25th, and 26th. And you could always, you know, give me a call. It's easy to contact me through the Latino Village Facebook page. And um, there's also more information about how to contact me right on that page, too. So definitely feel free to reach out. I'm looking for suggestions. I'm looking still for vendors, exhibitors, performers. I'm looking for everything. And I'm already looking into next year. No. Yeah, so you, you'll probably have to put me in a straight jacket or we are not, say, we got plans for the future. <laughs> we are not there with this year yet. It's <laughs> already happening, Dave. It's already happening. <laughs> I know you're Wonder Woman, but slow down, lady. There you go. All right. Listen, Elisa Morales, thank you for thank taking you. time to come talk to us about the Latino Village Weekend, which joins our roster of villages that celebrate the cultures of New York State, like the Pan-African Village and the Indian Village. We are looking forward to this weekend, and you're going to knock it right out of the park. Thank you so much. All right. And I hope to see everybody at Latino Village. And just remind everybody, you can find the Latino Village Weekend in the New York Experience by the Pond. That's right. The New York Experience area is on the west end of the fairgrounds. Is our new festival grounds, uh, Mike. We opened up uh, a couple of years ago. And it's been slowly like building audience. And we put things in there that are new and different for us. So Latino Village Weekend is, is uh, a big deal out there for that weekend. We're also going to have uh, what's called the Syracuse Jams Funk Fest out there. Uh, it's a one-day uh, musical event that uh, obviously the music sort of explains itself there. Um, we hold other big events out there, too, like uh, Family Fishing Day. We stocked the pond along with our partners at the Department of Environmental Conservation. And DEC comes out, and you can get fishing poles. They'll have fishing poles there. Um, and, you know, you and your kid can, uh, can cast and catch fish. And they do fly tying demos and some other things that are related to it. So that's, that would be a lot so of you fun. So can, you can get out there, uh, maybe groove down a little bit with the funk time, and also get your fishing in as well <laughs> a little bit of that's that that's right exactly and you, you know we also uh we also do out there a couple of other things we've got timber sports day Ooh. which uh, was a big hit last year yeah tell um, me about that well you know it's part of forestry education but if you want to make the education go down with that spoonful of sugar mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. uh what we let what we put on top of that because forestry is a really big industry in new york state and a big part of agriculture but we put in timber sports and timber sports are just fun to watch you know you've got these guys who are standing on a log and chopping that log yes. you know down below their their feet uh you've got the cross cut saw stuff you, did you know we have college teams 
in timber sports? No, there's yeah. college teams here. There are actual college teams in timber sports, and they uh, they they will be back out this year to stage demonstrations of, of the kind of stuff that they do. So, you know, and along the way, if you learn something about forestry, or if you're encouraged to to get into forestry as a career, hey, so much the better. <laughs> it might be one of those uh, see but don't try type of things, perhaps. Exactly. It could be. Could oh, be. you know. But the nice thing about the festival grounds is that in a in a fair of 375 acres of noise and chaos and music and sounds and smells you can come out here uh, and just sit in a in an Adirondack chair and just sit by the water and get a few moments of peace and quiet in the day and that's a lovely thing there's a bar out there so you can get a drink you can sit by the water and just kind of let a few minutes go so you're telling me that the juxtaposition here is that you have all of the the wild good times that there is to have at the fair. Yep. But at the same time, if you need a little moment to yourself, a yeah. little peace and quiet, exactly. you can go out by the pond, sit down in that Adirondack chair, right, and just get, chill out. Get for yourself a, bit. a Bloody Mary and just hang out and watch the water and let that let 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 time go lightly for a minute or two, and it gets you ready for that next part of the day. And now that that area also has a stage. Now, that's the stage that they'll be using for the Latino Village Weekend and for the Funk Fest. But for the other days of the fair, let me do my math. That's four days minus mm-hmm. 13 is nine. Last one, I knew. No, that's okay. We'll get that audited and get back to you if there's a problem. <laughs> um, we're, there's music on there uh, four times a day. And this year, one of the things that we're doing new is we're putting national acts out there. We haven't done that before. So we're talking Eddie Money. We're talking uh, All Time Low. We're talking John Kay and Steppenwolf. Uh, we're talking Foghat. So we've got four national acts that are going to be appearing on that stage uh, at night. And this is the first time that you've done that, that we've had yeah. national acts go out to that stage. Correct. We will always have them on Chevy Court, and yeah. we still will. Of course. But we're beefing up even more the, the amount of national uh, touring shows that we bring to the fair. Does that, that means there's, like you said, you're beefing up, there's more shows? Well, like there's more. <laughs> you can see Eddie Money on that stage and then come back to the main part of the fair on the same day and see Blondie that night. Oh, that's fantastic. So, you know, there's a lot going on. That we're just building up the festival ground, and as Troy Waffner, our acting director, likes to say, he thinks that in five years, the festival ground at the New York Experience Area is going to be, like, the biggest part, the most important part of the fair. That's going to be it right there. That's going to be kind of the epicenter of the fair, maybe. That, that is his belief. That's what he says. Five I wouldn't years argue from with now. Him. The man's usually right. All right, put it on the calendar. We'll mm-hmm. take a look later. So, Mike, that's a taste of the culture and entertainment we've got hooked up for this year at the fair. What did you see that's got to go on your to-do list? Well, there's a lot of things going on, Dave, but the one thing that I want to try to get into is to get in touch with my 25% Puerto Rican roots. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I want to go out there and learn to dance a little bit. A guy named McGinnis. Who would have thought? Who knew? I'm one-eighth Mohawk, so the Indian Village is uh, a hookup for me every year, too. There we go. There you go. All right, and what's your hookup at home? I I don't know what makes you excited, but hopefully you heard something here today that you're going to write down and say, God, i got to do that this year at the fair. If so, then this edition of All's Fair was not in vain. For everybody who puts this show together, we appreciate your time. And for Mike, and this is Dave, and we will see you at the fair. 